Hi, I'm Brian Danielson. Thank you to the first episode of Tennis Volley Talk. In the episode, what I'm going to be talking about is how long have I been playing tennis? I've been playing tennis for over 50 years. Uh, and it's always kept me young at heart. And it's always been a fun game for me to play. Within the episode, you're going to hear I myself have been playing uh, that long, but you're also going to hear I've also had opportunities to meet different tennis players. I've also had opportunities to see tennis matches uh, and take pictures of a lot of tennis stars in my lifetime of playing tennis. An example right here is one, can't see it too good, probably not, but right there is Chris Everett in some autographs I have, but it's too bright, you can't see it too, too good. But also within each broadcast that I do, I will be doing a racket of the day. And I will be showing you uh, one of these rackets that I have, and I have over 240 rackets, and I will be telling you something about in a history of that particular racket whenever I do racket of the day. Now, however, for myself, I got started into tennis when I was in junior high school. A couple of my friends and I decided to get some tennis rackets and go out to the local court and start hitting the ball. We got so into playing tennis that we were out there morning, noon, and night. We'd play in the morning, eight to noon, go home and eat lunch, go out from two to five, go home and eat dinner, and then we would then go back out at six and play to ten. And that's what we did for like one or two full summers. So it kind of got our game in shape to start getting the ball over more successfully uh, to do that. And then we also then had the opportunity uh, to go to the local high school tennis courts. And we met a group of guys that were there that played in a group of players and they were called the old guys at the court. And there was a lot of nice people. And then they took my doubles partner and me under their wing. And then we started playing with a lot of the guys at the court. And so anytime, if you went on a Saturday in the morning, then you would not even get a court if you didn't know anybody until three o'clock in the afternoon. But nice thing is, is that when everybody, if the courts were full and we were out there and uh, people would come up and that would know everybody and then you just wait for a little bit. And then if one guy had to go, then you'd fill in at a, as a doubles team, uh, part of that doubles team, and then you'd play and then you'd kind of filter in. Uh, playing with a variety of different people. 
for that day and playing with them. So that was a fun thing to do anyway. Uh, and then eventually through that, you just learned uh, to just be able to be more consistent. Of course, it was on white cement courts with painted yellow lines and a chain link mesh, chain link net. So those courts were rather fast. So you had to learn to have the timing that you could have to be able to do that. And then over, but over the years, I've been able to see tennis tournaments uh, that came through where I was from at the time, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm now in Minnesota. But I've had plenty of opportunity to go see many different tennis tournaments. I was able to go see anywhere tennis players such as John Newcomb, Tony Roach, uh, Rod Lever, Bjorn Borg, Guillermo uh, Vilas, just to name a few, which are old school names. But a lot of you tennis players would know who I'm talking about. And with that, I was able to take a lot of pictures of a lot of different pros. Even went to Dallas once and saw the WCT tennis finals, world champion WC world championship tennis finals in Dallas. So with that, uh, I was able to get pictures of Eddie Debs and uh, Vita Scarolitis. I've had been able to take pictures of Jimmy Connors. I've also taken pictures of uh, Monica Salas uh, before, about a month before she got stabbed. Uh, John McEnroe, uh, Patrick McEnroe, David Wheaton, which is a local Minnesotan. Uh, then also uh, had John McEnroe one time uh, play and hit with my T2000 tennis racket that I have, which later will be shown to you in racket of the day that I will be doing. Uh, and with that, that was fun in itself because I have a picture of John McEnroe playing with my tennis racket. So that was a cool thing to do in itself. But with that, I've also accumulated uh, lots of friends within tennis, and you're going to be hearing interviews or maybe watching something uh, with a friend that comes by and talking to him about how he got started in tennis also, which is good. Uh, then... I've uh, also accumulated a lot of friends that uh, have been in the tennis world uh, for a long time, uh, yeah, which is always fun, fun to do. You're going to hear in other episodes that I have, you're going to hear uh, just different things and uh, episodes of, you know, what did you do when the pandemic hit? Uh, when everything was shut down, uh, how did you get out? Did you get out and play the uh, game? Did, what did you do? Uh, different things like that. Uh, and just uh, having 
the passion in the collection that I have uh, over the years that I have accumulated, which has been fun in itself also. So with that, you know, it's just been a fun journey in being in tennis as long as I have. But right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you uh, what they what I call the racket of the day. Now, this racket right here is called the Dreadnought Driver. And it has a slip in the throat. And uh, with that, uh, I don't know, maybe it could have been aerodynamic or something like that. And it is also dated... March 8th, oh, March 10th of 08 is when this is, 1908. And uh, the story behind this particular racket is called the Dreadnought Driver. But the Dreadnought Driver is also a derivative of... And it uh, out of uh, from the World War II battleships. Now it's an H. E. Lee company out of New York that manufactured the racket. But this racket uh, has the old gut strings in it. It's either probably cat or cow gut, is what they used for strings back in the day. And uh, but it's very heavy racket. That they didn't have any covering on it. So this is how you held it. This is the racket handle. So, uh, but it's a very heavy racket. But with that racket, the derivative, it's come actually from the name of the World War II battleships. Now, the British, American, Japanese fleets within that time could only have a certain amount of battleships that had the big guns like the Enterprise or like the Bismarck or something of that nature, could only have the big guns on, the, on their ships, and you could only have a certain amount of those ships in your fleet. Those big gun ships were called dreadnoughts. So within that, I have the dreadnought driver, the big gun of the tennis rackets for back then. So it's been, it's a very nice old, tennis racket too. So with that, it's been really good being able to collect these tennis rackets too. And along with that, uh, myself, I've uh, still play, I still get out and play singles. I do play doubles too, but I do prefer singles because it does keep me in shape. I've had many, many a good matches in playing uh, tennis. I have a lot of friends that I play tennis with. Uh, some of them have been beating me, but if I get my game going, then I can hopefully beat them soon. Uh, but also with this, you're going to be hearing uh, how my friends got into tennis also and what they're doing and what got them into playing tennis. And from that, uh, 
have some interviews that way. And then along the way too, you might have see an interview with uh, certain people that own tennis clubs. And uh, also with that, an interview of how they got started into tennis and stuff. And then hear about local tournaments here during the summer, one of which I play, which is in Elk River. One of the better and well turned out tournaments here in during the summer, uh, last weekend in July. And uh, very good a field of tennis players. And if you want to watch and have a day of watching some very good tennis, you could definitely watch some good tennis uh, with that. And also, coming up weeks, you're just going to hear uh, a lot of just different tennis stories, different tennis stories of uh, how I managed to see all of these tennis players that I went to the tournaments and was actually really close and down on court taking pictures of these tennis stars. I've had interaction with some of the tennis stars also. So it does make it uh, nice to be able to do that also. And, you know, throughout the podcast, uh, it's just uh, a lot of different stories that you're going to be hearing. Uh, and then hopefully, uh, you know, with that, I can still then keep uh, different stories going, uh, and also to be able to keep entertained with the racket of the day each day, too. And with that, uh, then, like I said, um, I myself, I did grow up in Oklahoma, so I had the opportunity to more play outside in Oklahoma uh, a lot more uh, in my tennis uh, growing up years. Uh, and when I moved to Minnesota, then there isn't much of a time except during the summer only and less than you're gonna be playing inside uh, during the winter in Minnesota. Can't very well go shovel off 15 inches of snow off the court and go play when it's 30 below zero, that doesn't do very well. Uh, so only playing in the summer is nice uh, to be able to do. Uh, and at times it does get hot here too in Minnesota, not nearly as hot and humid as it does get in Oklahoma. There, was be, there would be days that I would be playing uh, tennis on the local high school courts with the guys and it would be 90 plus degrees and humidity in the 80% range and would still be out there playing tennis. Now, these guys that I met when I was young and coming up, they were called the old guys at the court. They were in their 40s, 50s, 60s at the time. And that's where I am at late 60s right now. So that's kind of where I met them in came up with them in playing. 
with them. And it was the best bunch of group of guys that you could even meet to be able to play with. And that's very formative years to be able to be playing with all these guys over the years. Uh, and uh, I have gone back to Tulsa a few times. I uh, ran into uh, a few, uh, one that I still play with. And uh, his name is John. Uh, and he's a pretty good player, but he had knee surgery. So he's coming back from that. So he still plays pretty good. And uh, I play doubles anytime I can get back to Tulsa. And then also I was able to talk uh, to uh, a friend of mine, uh, Cliff Price, that used to own a tennis shop in Tulsa. And through my podcast that I will be doing, Tennis Volley Talk, I will be having that on an episode later on uh, with him and talking about how he got started in tennis and uh, what he did and how he got started in opening a tennis shop uh, also. And then have a, a friend of mine here that runs a new tennis club, uh, Rogers Tennis Club. And uh, his name is Randy. And uh, I will try to get a hold of him and talk to him and find out his and what how he got started in uh, getting a tennis club started. And he's part owner in the tennis club. And within that, too, it does make it nice for the wintertime also to be able to play because what they call a mixer league. Uh, so you have an opportunity to play a lot of different uh, people in that league and you play by certain amount of games each and then you go move down one and you kind of do the rotation. So you're either playing doubles or you're playing singles and you have the variety to be able to play with a lot of different people. So that does make it uh, good also. And with that, uh, uh, that, that has been fun in itself, uh, too, to be able to do that. And now also getting back to Tulsa, Tulsa also, and how I was able to take pictures of Jimmy Connors, is uh, that Tulsa used to have an ATT event that came through there. And I was able to take pictures of Jimmy Connors. Uh, Eddie Dibbs uh, actually took a picture and have, uh, I believe I do have a Frank Hammond, the referee that did run and was the referee uh, in that tournament too for a few years, which was one of the premier 